Welcome to The Uncommon Truth. Today, Bob and I are joined by our guest host, Rye Hickey from Vancouver, Canada. Ryan is a friend of mine and I've known for a well over a almost two decades. Ryan's a former university golfer whose focus is now on building a muscular, injury-free body and helping guys get in the best shape of their lives by way of gradual integration of healthy lifestyle habits. He is a certified level one precision nutrition coach and currently working towards his level two master coach certification. You can find him online at www.deephealthdiscovery.com. Thank you for joining us on today's journey to find the uncommon truth and about nutrition and healthy lifestyles. Ryan, thanks so much for joining us today on the uncommon truth. Thanks for having me guys. So Bob and I have been talking a lot about this over the last several weeks, the importance of us having a healthy body if we really want to have a healthy mind and, and, and have a completely balanced lifestyle, which includes balancing our body, our, our, our mind, and our spirit. So let's just start by answering the first and the simplest question, what is and how would we best define nutrition? The dictionary says nutrition is the process of providing or obtaining the food necessary for health and growth. We both know that what we eat really helps create the outcomes that we get from our physical activities. But Ryan, how would you define nutrition? Yeah, so I would define good nutrition as finding a way that of eating that works for you to do a number of things, one of which would be control energy balance. So in other words, manage a healthy body weight. It would provide adequate nutrients. Um, it would allow us to look, perform, feel our best. Most importantly, I would say good nutrition is, it has to be sustainable. So that's something that I'm sure we'll get into down the road in our discussion here, but I think it's one of the most crucial components that is often missing in many of the common current dietary approaches, but it has to be a way in which you can maintain, not just when you're in your optimal environment. So that means it's sustainable when you're on vacation. It's sustainable when you're in an environment with lots of temptation, you know, hyper palatable foods or other things like that. So good nutrition is also going to promote regular movement. So I think that the dictionary description of it is, is adequate, but I like to think of what good nutrition is and and that's kind of how i would best summarize it i like what you said there and bob i'm, I'm curious as your thoughts on this our activities right really are an important factor to what and how we eat because you said it we're fueling the machine based on what the machine is tasked with so bob do you find it affecting you how you eat and the nutrition you eat and your activities 
great discussion, Jens. Thanks so much, Ryan, for that perspective. I love that your comments about it being sustainable. Um, one of my challenges, because I'm, I'm probably the, old, I'm, uh, the oldest by far in this discussion, has been I've been an elite athlete with a, an elite physique um, uh, and performing at the high level and did that for about 20 years. But what I found when I, when I hit my 40s, it was a massive shock to my body and I was not prepared for that. And it got worse, Ryan, when I hit my 50s. And Ryan, I just turned 60. So it's the, uh, the management, so my challenge is the management over the decades, how my body's been changing, my metabolism been changing, my energy level's been changing. So what I used to do uh, back in my 20s and 30s and early 40s just is not working like it used to, my friend. That's... Uh understandable bob and that's again one of the the biggest struggles that my clients have is the comparison to what used to be achievable what used to be realistic and also kind of slipping into what i call the the all or nothing mentality so it's kind of like that well if i can't be what i used to be in terms of physique or athletic performance what's the point and something we'll get into i'm sure in our discussion down the road is a lot of what i do in my coaching is like shifting of of the mindset you have good awareness i'm sure of this in terms of your your business acumen and everything it's it's a lot everybody seems to be searching for just the right approach the optimal diet the optimal uh workouts and so forth and when i talk about the mind shift it's like shifting from that all or nothing mindset to that always something celebrating the little tiny successes along the way which is where i talk about in heath's intro the you know gradual integration of of actions or habits or whatever you want to use there and making sure they stick. So what so many of us do is especially former high performance athletes like yourself, where you've done grueling two hour workouts, maybe even doubles. You've had probably <laughs> sub 10% body fat, lots of muscle on your body. The concept of, doing a 10 minute workout because that's all your current schedule allows for is like what the hell is the point of that i used to do two two hour workouts in a day type thing but an interesting concept that i've actually come across recently is is the the aggregation of marginal gains so a, a neat story um is this guy who was brought in to help the British cycling team. I won't dive into that because it's quite a long story, but essentially he coined this term, the aggregation of marginal gains. So it's essentially the 1%, even though we don't notice it in the moment, it adds up. So our brains evolved in kind of an immediate outcome environment. And now things have shifted. And so it kind of works against us. If we can connect our brains with a, 
delayed outcome, which most things are, you know, you go to work today to get a paycheck in two weeks, you, you save now to have retirement later, this kind of thing. It's hard to, to notice that benefit of that 10 minute workout or that single 10 minute walk if you're trying to lose weight and so forth. So I know I'm, I'm kind of rambling on that topic, but it's, it's a very, very common thing, especially for high performance athletes who think, what is the point? And when they do get motivated and have that desire to get things back on track with their health, they tend to, one of my biggest jobs as a coach is to like, okay, I love it, but let's reel things in here. And we got to start small. You got to prove to me, show me that you can do this little thing consistently because consistency. And again, like I said, sustainability of your approach is ultimately the most important thing. We're really, we're really talking, I think, and tell me if I'm wrong in this, Ryan, is over the years, because of all changes, I probably have not adopted um, enough good habits, right? My, I've, I've been go, kind of going back and forth, trying some things here, trying some things there. But in the end, I need more uh, sustainable rituals for like morning, afternoon, and evening. Is that, does that make sense? Is that sort of what, that's what I'm thinking? Yeah, that makes perfect sense, Bob. And I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's, I heard someone say this the other day, in North America in general, we all know it's got, we're in a bit of a obesity or, or overweight epidemic. We don't have, uh, collectively, we don't have a weight loss problem. We have a weight regain problem. So many people are able to lose weight. And unfortunately, the way things are marketed and the way that the, the you know, that the current industry sort of caters to is that sexy program. It's like three months guaranteed this X amount of weight loss. But they don't really give a shit about, you know, whether it's going to stay off. And that's what happens. People regain because those habits that, that they or what they think are habits or the plan that they follow short term are not, like you said, those truly integrated habits that become, you know, habitual, right? It's like habits in our minds is essentially the brain's way of hardwiring a shortcut so the mind will if you do something enough the mind will no longer really need to to process or work as hard in order to do that habit and so if it's a all or nothing plan again to use that catchphrase which is what most most diet plans are here's your meal plan here's the workouts you're going to do you're going to be fasting for x amount of hours a day you got to drink this much water it's quite overwhelming a lot of people lose weight doing that which is great but what happens when that plan is over or you crash and burn because it's unsustainable people just slip right back to their their integrated truly integrated habits which ultimately leads to the weight regain you know i I think that you've really hit a really key point here, uh, Ryan, on, well, multiple, actually. They just want to kind of summarize, which leads us into, into our, our, our next real point. 
One is mindset. What we're focused on. What is that purpose that we're looking into our nutrition or diet or plan? With that clarity on knowing why we want to do what we do, that's going to give us the fuel and the power to begin the change in those rituals and those habits that we're going to create. But it also even goes in further of the three components of our mindset, not just focus. It's our talk about our food. It's our, it's our uh, physiology and the actions that we're taking. And this triad affects us in our mindset. It affects us in our uh, view of ourself and our relationship with food and why we're eating what we're eating. And what I've noticed as my journey as a type one diabetic is that if I eat well, my body craves really good food and good fuel, and I perform better, and that cycle begins. When I sit down, watch a movie, and I eat high carbs, and they start feasting on chips, it requests more chips, and the next thing I know is my sugars are high, my energy goes low, and I begin this cycle and this spiral of trying to manage my sugar, which is really what it's all about. For a healthy body, or uh, 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 we'll call it a, um, a body that's less uh, uh, functional in its, in its systems and processes as a type 1 diabetic, because I am healthy, but it is significant that we control those three things. What we're focused on, our why, the language that we're using, and our self-talk, and then, of course, the physiology and our actions, the tasks we're giving our body to do, because they, they link and it perpetually goes into our nutrition and what the body's demanding, how often we're hungry, what we're craving and needing, because the body goes, holy crap, I'm, I'm dehydrated, I need water, we get thirsty, and so on and so forth. Would that be a correct statement? 100%. I think you, you highlighted a really important component there as well, which is the, you mentioned that everything is integrated, which is so, so on point. And a lot of, you know, relative to the individual that I'm working with, but a lot of my client exercises and exploration and data gathering revolves around awareness. So like you said, recognizing that, that you eat, this hyper palatable food or sugary food or high carb or whatever it is. And your body seems to crave more. I mean, that's something that on the spectrum of awareness, a lot of people are completely unaware of and others that identify know it's there yet seem to consistently fall back into that cycle and so forth. But even just in my own experience, it's, the awareness is such a crucial component to it. And ultimately it's what makes you progress towards that sustainable baseline that is, you know, not optimal, but just this like ability to be cons consistently adhere to good nutrition in any environment, because you think if I eat that extra slice of pizza or eat that cake i know what happens i'm aware of how i feel i'm in, i'm aware of how it affects my my mental um ability to process things i'm slower i'm more lethargic and and all this so the awareness component and the integration of it all is is huge so 
so let me just continue on this thought then, because we all know, and the most common thing when nutrition's brought up, it's weight loss or weight management is a better way of putting it. And I heard a great quote that was given by Steve Maraboli, and it's this, it's all about choice. And his statement is, by choosing healthy over skinny, you are choosing self-love over self-judgment. And that led me to another that I heard that I think is really critical to what we're talking about, is the best way to heal our body, whether we're a high-performance athlete, whether it's just ill with a normal bug, a flu, or anything, is through the plate, what we put on our plate. And that kind of segues us into the importance of nutrition for basic health, for growth, and for the healing of our body. Whether it's for just the ability as a, uh, a senior to get up and go for a walk, or for an elite Olympic athlete for them to heal as they're pursuing the highest levels of performance. Nutrition affects us all. So, what are your thoughts and how important are our choices? And this will lead us to rituals, but our choices over what we put on our plate. Yeah, that's a good one. So, to kind of fall back on the habit side of things, you know, it's relying on sheer discipline and willpower is futile. It's a futile effort, even for the most elite, elite athletes. So, our choices really revolve around. setting up our environments in in such a way i mean that they're going to make the better habits the good habits more accessible easier more satisfying and the bad ones um more difficult sort of more layers between that so if i'm understanding the question correctly i mean i love what you said how it all sort of integrates it's kind of like with a lot of the healing side of things it's tough to know, you know, everything matters. Recovery, which involves good nutrition, sleep is so crucial. And in some cases, it's difficult to know what came first, the chicken or the egg in terms of, is it your, like we know that research has shown that poor sleep, chronic sleep deprivation will impact your physiological ability to burn fat, build muscle, like it's got such a, a, a huge accumulation of negative downsides. Um, and does that, you know, it causes poor nutrition, but does good nutrition improve sleep? Probably. So it's, it's one of those things where similar to the deep health approach, it's got to be a holistic thing. So if you have someone who's trying to heal, a client who's trying to heal, and their sleep is just garbage, then that's something that we would want to focus on. But again, nutrition plays into that as well. So not sure if I'm answering your question there, but uh, but the choices we make do 
it's it's again this un this unfortunate paradigm that so much of what we do is is delayed outcomes so the good the bad habits seem to be a result of immediate outcomes this is sweet this is salty this tastes good this relieves my stress in the moment unfortunately it has bad long-term outcomes whereas the good habits and so forth they they generally have kind of either completely unrecognizable short-term outcomes in some cases even negative short-term outcomes like for someone who doesn't work out consistently goes to the gym that burn can be actually an uncomfortable experience and yet finding a way to connect with the long-term benefits and shifting our mindset is uh is essential to healing and and just living healthy you know ryan, I, ryan I, can i just follow that up with a question Heath? yeah ryan excellent comment one of the things that i, I thought was most powerful for just us average everyday guys is that you said discipline and willpower are futile, futile, futile efforts. <laughs> and I would think that people that are struggling with these sort of things are wondering about it, wondering why things aren't changing. They're, that's their go-to, discipline and willpower. And it's, it doesn't work that well. But then you said the second part, which is you have to set up a system that makes you likely to succeed. Can you just expand on that a bit? Does that mean like your shopping lists and your what's in the fridge and you know, like like having a plan when when you work out you're gonna eat this and this and this or this or this is that what you're talking about or something else? A hundred percent, Bob, and it's all gonna be so. This is why I think I'll be in in uh, demand for for years to come. Coaching is so contextual and individual so depending on where the individual's at what you said is is very accurate in terms of the system so i'm on a big sort of as you in case you can't tell i'm on a big sort of habit kick right now i'm reading a lot of uh books on it and so forth my coaching that's the foundation of my coaching really so i'm a huge uh habit nerd so to speak and Someone put it that, you know, I think we've all heard the statement of, uh, what is it? We don't rise to the, to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our training or our systems. So, again, with, with the whole discipline, and it, it's like motivation. Motivation is a desire. It's, it's relying on motivation to get our ass in the gym or to prepare that healthy or eat make that healthy food choice um it's fleeting so it comes and goes and such as is discipline and willpower so i even made you know a a post on my social media recently where i i'm trying to be open and transparent and sort of um empathize more with 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 everybody and you know i say hey i'm having a a crummy day like where where my my 
level of motivation was low. I, I got my workout in. I did my morning ritual. I meditated. I ate well. Had a good sleep. You know, sometimes the most frustrating pieces are when you don't really, you can't put quite put a finger on what's going wrong. But those would be the days where if I was following some unsustainable crash diet, I would uh, fly off the handles and order seven large pizzas to my door. Um, if I didn't have my systems in place, right? Thankfully, this is what I do. I've slowly layered on exceptionally healthy habits that I'm always reviewing, trying to pull back and objectively review and improve. But at this point, my workouts, my food prep, my meditation, my mindfulness, all of this stuff is so deeply ingrained into my daily routine that I've got healthy food ready to go in the fridge. So it's easy. I don't have chips or you know, cookies or things that would tempt me in my house all the time. Um, so that's, that's such a big piece of it, right? You have to understand that even the, and I think Heath and I, you and I have talked about this before too. It's like the gap between that Olympic athlete that you mentioned and Joe Schmo, it's not that crazy it's not a huge difference where they will both like they would both kind of have that or should have ideally that same level of sustainable eating and lifestyle habits. The Olympic athlete may be, of course, when they're trying to peak for competition, they're going to get way more systematic and down to the minutia as far as their macronutrient breakdown and nutrient timing and all of that so you can get way more scientific on that but that is short term for them so even if you have a mma athlete who's cutting weight for a fight or an olympic athlete who's trying to peak for weightlifting or whatever it may be all of their very extreme like what we the average person sees as a diet is is a short-term approach they only do it for a short-term period of time because it's unsustainable and then they ideally fall back to their to their proper healthy systems so so i've got a few uh uh things i'd like to share about i think that you've just we've just discussed here about my journey and as a type 1 diabetic managing and dealing with weight loss very very challenging um, as well as the importance of what one thing that you just said is that fits right under chance favors a prepared mind. An old adage I used to say when I was a police officer, the best defense is don't be there. Right? So people would always go, oh, heck, this happened and, and, and da, da, da. proximity is a critical success factor. So the best defense in our nutrition don't buy it. Don't put it in the cupboard and you won't eat it. Buy it, you will. So I think it comes back to expectations as well, back to our mindset. So the rituals are important, but they really start with the plan and your purpose. And I think we set ourselves up for failure when we do our planning 
by believing the advertising, the lies that I can have six pack abs in three months. Now let's just have a quick realistic discussion. It took me probably a decade, some people 20 years to go from high performance to medium performance down to low performance body for whatever the reason being, whether it be our mindset, our lifestyle, our career, our job, we're on planes and cars, all the different things. These are valid excuses. But ultimately, those excuses are just choices on our lifestyle. And we're here talking today about healthy lifestyles and the nutritional impact on a healthy lifestyle. So I just hit me. I said, I was at 225. I'm down to 210, and I was very blessed. It took me two years. I didn't say three months. I said, I need two years to do this, and I'm going to have to transform my, um, let's just call it beer keg, back into a six-pack. How will that happen? less consumption, just like the keg talks about and the six pack talks about. It's a smaller size. So I basically had to go through and totally revamp my mindset, how I'm focused on it, why I'm doing it, and that why's gotta be bigger than my desire for my salty, savory, or sweet treats. Because we all know, as an example, ice cream. We all scream, for ice cream. So that is something I think is really first point. Just to summarize that is set realistic goals and timeframes. Three months is unrealistic. The guy in the magazine with the six pack was not me. He never was me because the abs they're showing you are cut down and below actually healthy body fat, right? They're sub eight and five percent that's not healthy or sustainable not even for them um i think it's also you got to realize that if it's easy come it's easy go both ways les brown says it so well if it's easy now it will be hard later if it's hard now it will be easy later why back to what you've said here and what i'm hearing and i believe Back to the rituals for the results we want. If I want the six-pack, I have to do what the man with the six-pack does. If I want to have the couch potato body, which we've talked about before, that program's simple. Sit on couch, eat chips, eat the potatoes. You will end up looking like that. So that kind of is just an antidotal, but I really think it comes back to what I heard you say so clearly is the four pillars of health. And then I'd like Bob to kind of share his story of, you know, you're talking about an elite athlete in Bob. And I think him and I've talked a lot about this. You can't be elite at anything or have high performance if you don't have self-discipline, if you don't have the rituals. And people that are self-disciplined prepare for that so that they know when they're weak, they have a healthy choice versus not. And I'm rambling a bit, but this is, we need to breathe and focus on the good goals that we're setting take those moments to think and visualize it breathe two we need to hydrate 
number one success for losing weight or being a high performer is drinking water. Liquid is not water. Pop is not water. Coffee is not water. Water. Three is the nutrition we're talking about, what we're putting on our plate. It's got to be healthy. When you're at the grocery store, it's around the outside of the store. It's not down the aisles. And then four, we need to do something active and exercise every day so that when we go to bed, we're tired. We'll get a good sleep then. That's my definition. So that leads us into this, that third question. We've been talking about rituals, but how do we help people if we're not giving them a diet plan? How do we create healthy eating habits without a rigid plan? and give ourselves the time to see the results? It's a good question, yeah. You know, all that uh, hydration talk makes me wanna just dive into my, my two liter here. Necessary, you guys. It's, uh, it's a good question, Heath, and Again, it's so individual. It's like, where is that person at? So, and it's where their goals are as well. So I'm the first, you know, when I seek, if someone reaches out to me for, to become a client, we'll do sort of a, a initial call. And my ultimate goal is to make sure that it's the right fit. And so different people have different goals. I think ultimately when you peel back the layers, we all kind of have similar goals. We want that long-term sustainability, but that's the, the issue. I mean, if you take, you know, Bob, you as an example, you're an elite athlete. Keith, you said it, if you've been an elite athlete, you have a certain level of innate, natural discipline and focus and willpower. So those can be great assets when embarking on that. Often they can be kind of, they can, they can create a bit of ambivalence and resistance to my personal approach because one of my sort of main objectives, like my mission, so to speak, is sustainability. So if you're looking, I I'm, I'm say this sort of right up front, it's like if you're looking to lose X amount of weight by this date, I'm not your guy. I've got a good network of coaches who would be more on that data-driven, here are your instructions, follow this, and you will get there. And that, that's totally fine. Um, my sort of core mission is I want to work with people longer because it takes longer because I want it to be sustainable. I want you to leave your time with me able and with the tools to essentially thrive in any environment. So that's a long-winded version of answering your question, Heath, but it, it really depends on the individual and it it's it's all about scaling back and starting small. One of my most crucial 
things that I that I fall back on constantly is how is that working for you? So people who have and again it's totally I empathize with it entirely because the market has dictated this sort of outlook. We've been blasted with marketing of unrealistic expectations. Like you said, the guy on the magazine cover who, you know, peaked for that photo shoot and it's not a healthy body weight and he's going to put on fat afterwards. And, um, and these other programs from, from people who are just trying to make a quick buck and issue unsustainable approaches. We've been sort of promised a false hope and uh so i totally get it but at the end of it it's like you have to scale back and it's show me that you can do this because most people think oh this is this is too slow too simple um show me prove it you know it's like one of those things where you said it earlier bob it's like your your systems of planning ahead i mean that's one of the one of my core habits is like Oh, well, I need, how are we going to get there? Well, I need to eat better. How are you going to eat better? Well, I should probably load my, my fridge up with more groceries, healthy groceries. Okay. How are you going to do that? Well, I'm going to go shopping this week. When are you going to go shopping? Uh, uh, let me think. Oh, when I have time after work. Okay. What day, like making that appointment, getting closer and closer and, and having that an integral part treat it like your, this is your business, you know, like your health is your business. So making that appointment with yourself, reflecting on your week, we do this all for our careers and for our work. So why not start doing it with your nutrition and lifestyle stuff where you actually make an appointment that pop up on my phone. Now is the time that I meditate. Then I have this meeting and then I move my body in between meetings. What is that? You know, these kinds of things where you're actually getting super dialed in and there's a bunch of psychological stuff that's backed by research in there where how much more likely you are to do something when you actually either write or type it out, you make that statement. I, at this time, I will do this for this long in this place. That kind of thing is, has huge power. Huge. Love the Rant, over. Thanks. I love the discussion, <laughs> gentlemen. Thanks so much, Ryan. Excellent uh, comments. You know, I find this uh, quite personally inspirational, this discussion. So um, I've got a couple of comments. One is, in terms of systems, I just kind of wrote down some numbers here, Ryan. Like, to make sure that you have activity, like you're walking every day, you're moving in between meetings. There's an actual number. If you actually figured out how many times you need to move a day, right? Uh, there's an actual number associated with that. Times it by the, 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 the amount of days in a week and you got another number. Times it by a month, you got another number. So if you did that with meals, for instance, did three meals a day, that's um, 21 meals a week, 84 meals a month, right? So that's really, I think that's the in-depth planning that might be required for, for people that are disorganized like me. So I think that's that. just kind of talking to you guys, I, I've been inspired to actually take action 
on that meal thing and really kind of uh, rather than just going and willy nilly buy because I'm in charge of the uh, the purchasing in the house most of it. You know, you can actually sit down with a here's a hundred meal plan and get creative with it and and uh, and actually uh, take control. So thank you very much for that inspiration. But I'd also like you to, um, both of you guys to comment on this, if you wouldn't mind. One is, I know that uh, in my life, uh, if I have, per and this is the individual part, Ryan, if I have personal challenges, if I have a challenge with my primary relationship or challenge with the kids or challenge in business, it's very hard to get that meal plan together, very hard to get the activity plan together, things interrupt all the time. So, and there's also some kind of um, mental factor, mental fatigue that goes with that, that really stops you from moving. And I know Heath and I have both been through this in, in our lives, right? As you go through life, this is a marathon, right? You're gonna have great times and you're gonna have challenging times. So maybe you could talk to that. It's like, how do you figure out what the reality is and what are the triggers that are really stopping you? probably have to fix them in the end, but what can you do in the meantime, maybe, for the big ones? And second is this the complication of when you're going shopping, when you're planning your meals, there's so much information that's needed about nutrition and carbohydrates versus um, sucrose versus et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's very confusing out there, but what you're supposed to be putting in to your frame, right? Everyone's individual, I suppose. So. Two big things, personal challenges and dealing with all that information. Comments, gentlemen. Go ahead. You want me, you want me to go, Heath? Yes, please. Yeah, I think my, my answer, I'll keep it short so you can chime in too, Heath. But, Bob, I would say for both of those, simple is better. So, like I've said, how I address individual clients, I love that you said, I mean, often it's that – option paralysis quite often the last thing clients need is more information we all know the general concept eat mostly whole foods move a little more eat a little less it's easy in theory very difficult to actually apply so as well as when you're looking at that fatigue that you're talking about from a busy entrepreneur's lifestyle Simple is better. It's looking at what you can peg off in the short term. And even if it's just one meal, like you said, the meal plan, it's like where, what meal do you tend to fall back on? You can actually gather data and see, well, generally in the evening is when I feel most fatigued. I tend to reach for that beer or that bag of chips or whatever else. So again, relying on the systems that you can start to implement, but starting very simply and just saying, I'm going to try and focus on this one little thing and make that marginal improvement that over time, once it sticks, we're going to add on more, layer on more, and it's the aggregation of marginal gains. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree with you on, on that end, but, um, you know, this has been an absolutely amazing discussion that is, in my mind, uh, something that we're going to have to do again. With your permission, I'd like to already say, we're going to have you back on and start to talk a little bit more detailed about the types of foods and the options that we can do for evening snacks, as an example, that give us 
that sweet craving or that salty craving, but are actually good for us and not going to put us in the bed with high, high sugars that are going to get packed on as fat or vice versa. What's a great pre-workout that we can do that's using whole foods? Because if you don't fuel the machine, then your workout's not going to be great. So basically you wasted your time in that. So I think um, if I may, I'd like to take an opportunity from today's discussion to kind of summarize all this amazing um, discussion that we've had about the uncommon truth about nutrition and healthy lifestyles. So Bob and all of our viewers know that I am an acronym king. I'm going to say it. I seem to really like to simplify things down and put it into really key points because I forget them otherwise. It also could be that as an ex-policeman and we all speak in code. So, <laughs> but the fact is this, we're looking to live our ideal form of life. So what is the ideal way to eat good nutritionally and to have a healthy lifestyle? Well, guys, thank you so much for this amazing discussion we've had today on you know, nutrition and a healthy lifestyle. I'm pretty big on acronyms and I really feel that this whole journey is about us all trying to live our ideal form of life with nutrition and having a healthy lifestyle. So ideal, what does that really mean? First, I. I means I am accountable. I am able to have my healthy lifestyle and reach my nutrition and fitness goals. It's ultimately up to me. I am accountable. And I can do D. And D is to dream. Dream. Decide. Document. And ultimately define what I want. And that's going to tell me what I'm going to do. That is going to lead to rituals that will drive the results that I want. Now that we have that goal, we need to E, eliminate. Eliminate everything that prevents us from reaching that goal. Chance favors the prepared mind. When we're in the grocery store, we need to not buy what we know is not good for us. Shop around the outside of the store. That's where all the whole foods are. So anything that's going to prevent us from achieving those goals and that healthy lifestyle needs to be eliminated. And that means even our expectations. We need to make them simple. We need to make them sustainable. This is the stuff that Ryan so eloquently said. It won't work if it's not focused, clear, and simple. A, out of idea, we need to automate the plan. We need to create those healthy habits and rituals. That's going to really help us by being active. Active in our choices, active in our exercise, active in what we are actually putting on our plate, which is going to give us the energy we need to do the activity we need to do, as well as align us with what our goals are. And lastly, we need just to live it. And we need to love the journey and the choices that we've made. Realize that where we've got 
in 20 years is going to take maybe more time than we think. If it took us two years to get back to what we were at 30, I'm in my 50s, to get back to my body of my 30s after 20 years, I think that's a pretty good deal. Let's put it into perspective and love that journey and the choices that I am making. I'm accountable for whatever it is that I've set as my goals. So we need to also learn from our failures. Fail forward. It's okay to have a cheat day. It's okay to celebrate at a birthday party. It's okay. Give ourselves some grace and love ourselves and have a healthy body, not a skinny body. So guys, I'm really encouraging all of you to check out Ryan and see him at www.deephealthdiscovery.com. And for all of us, just realize that this is a journey. And I really wanna thank you for journeying with us today. And we welcome you to visit us at www.theuncommontruth.life and find The Uncommon Truth on YouTube, Facebook, and most podcast apps. Thank you again for joining us on this journey. And we will have Ryan back again to dig deeper into The Uncommon Truth about nutrition and a healthy lifestyle. So until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening today. We welcome you to visit us at www.theuncommontruth.life and find The Uncommon Truth on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Until next time, God bless.